0: guys, uh, you might remember going back to June uh, 2021, I did a, a lovely little episode about Rangers Stop in Chicago on the 1930 you know, North American tour, one, one of the two Struth tours of, of North America. And my plan at the time was to do a wonderful series that were all kind of like that show. The problem I ran into is that I know more about Chicago than any of these other places that we stopped on these tours and more about the club that we played and the people involved and everything about it. And so I struggled for a very, very long time on how to how to put together the rest of these. Um, there's a lot sitting in cans partway done. Uh, so some of which I, I think are pretty interesting, but some of which I just thought i never really, uh, well, I, I just didn't get them to where I wanted to. I didn't get them to, to the space where that Chicago show was, but then I thought, Hey, the Chicago show was a great way to introduce you guys to all this stuff. Why don't I make the rest of the shows a little bit shorter, a little bit more compact and maybe we can get through some more, more of these sides. Cause there really was a, a lot of time spent in that initial Chicago show, uh, laying out some basic information about how those tours worked, especially the 1931. So uh, along came uh, Fall River Marksman FC, uh, the the reborn, reconstituted version of, of one of the great iconic clubs of the the 20s and 30s. Re- really, the heyday of of uh, you know club football as as you know we, we understand it uh, in in North America. And uh, wh- whoever's in charge of our Twitter account had come across some we'll just tweets of mine about uh, you know our, our experiences playing them back in the in the well during the Struth tours. And so that brought this whole project back in the mind for me and, and again made me think about how I could do this. And so with that, we're back with the the series I started back in June of 2021 while while we were still basically just doing this on heart and hand, uh rangers from sea to shining sea and we're going to take a look at the Fall River Marksman so stick around for this quick ad break, and we're going to come back and talk about our three showdowns with them from the 1928 and 1930 tours. Somewhere beyond the sea Somewhere waiting for me My lover stands on golden sand And watches the ships that go sailing Somewhere So Fall River, Massachusetts, a site. Well, you know, actually, we, we don't even play any of these matches here, so we, we could kind of skip this part if we wanted to. But uh, the, the home, nominally, of, of Rangers opponents for these three matches, uh, Fall River there on the it—the Kikachan River. I'm sure our good buddy Rob McDougall out there will correct me about that. But it's down there in southern Massachusetts, right there on the border of Rhode Island. Uh, f- famously, a, a massive... Uh, uh, textile hub during the 1800s and into the early 1900s. Uh, you might know it as the home of Lizzie Borden, who may or may not have had her family to death. But it was a football uh, hub due to uh, Sam Mark, uh, who was, well, this is, this is where the name of the club comes from. Fall River Marks Men, uh, who established this club back in the in the 20s and 30s, again, as one of the most dominant clubs in uh in north america their first season in the old uh, american soccer league which was an actual first division at the time uh that they they finished third uh and they went on to win six leagues over the the next nine or so seasons there before um well, well we'll talk about what happens to them here at the end uh but the, the, this was a club, kind of like we talked about it, with Chicago Sparta, that, that drew on uh, you know European immigrants mostly to to fill its sides. Uh, obviously, it was Sparta in Chicago. Again, the, the the topic of the first one here. Uh, they, they drew on more of uh, well, the you know, Eastern Europeans uh, that lived on the, on the southwest side of, of, of Chicago. The the marksmen though were predominantly. Uh, well, drawn from Scotch and Scotch Irish uh, immigrants uh, who'd settled in the area to work in, in the uh, textile mills there, and actually, I, from what I can tell here, we'll, we'll get through the nineteen twenty eight match here first because this is on the uh, the first North American tour uh, for Struth, uh, and again, I mean, the, the, this is a time when there are a lot of um, there are a lot of clubs do, doing these tours around then. Uh, uh, Preston North End would also tour in 1928. Uh, Real Madrid had toured just uh, uh, the year before. I want to say Sparta Prague toured in uh, 1926. And so Struth obviously saw the commercial benefit to this that, that many other clubs uh, were starting to see uh, you know, throughout Europe. And the 28 tour is the shorter one of the two, again. You know, if you want some more about the 1930 tour, please go back and, and listen to the uh, the, the first uh, episode of the series, one on uh, our, our stop in Chicago that year. But 1928's uh, 10 stops. Uh, landing in New York in late May. And uh, only only a couple in Canada. The the, the 30 tour was, was more of a Canadian tour than this one. But um, again, on, on June 3rd, uh, we play the Fall River Marksman now. 1928, uh, and, and I'll include some video of this down in the show notes. Uh, any anything I'm I'm talking about here that I think you guys might want to go take a look at. Uh, but in 1928, in uh, February, Fall River is nearly burnt, well, goddamn near the ground. Certainly, the central business hub and the textile uh, areas uh, by by a massive fire, the second great fire to befall the city. I, I want to say the first one was in 1843. Uh, but the, this fire, again, I mean, it nearly consumed the whole, the whole town. Now, now, there is a point here. because a lot of the historical notes on this say that Rangers actually played Fall River in Fall River, Massachusetts. Now, I cannot find anything contemporaneously to actually confirm that. I would find it kind of odd, given that Mark's Stadium... Uh, which again, you know, Sam Mark had had built after he took over Fall River United and renamed them was uh, right across the border. I mean, literally steps across the border in North uh, Tyreton, Rhode Island, uh, and that is where the home of the of the uh, of the club was. So, um, and a very it, it was a unique track. I mean, it it, um, it had a. a L-shaped uh, main stand, um, so it was used for uh, baseball, semi-professional baseball a lot, which you see in a lot of these these grounds of that era. Uh, you know, it was built soccer-specific, but he built it in a way that could be used for these for these other uh, ventures, and uh, it also had a, a dirt track for automobile racing. Uh, which apparently used up until the the 1950s, which uh, constricted the size of of the uh, the football pitch. Um, now the ground could hold uh, 15,000 people, which which again you know I I, I think um, it's it's one of these misnomers and, and something that I would like to do an episode on in terms of how. Uh, popular club football was at this time. Again, you know, we saw Chicago Sparta, again, that we talked about in the last episode, had their own ground on the south side of Chicago that seated about twenty thousand people. Um, so Mark Stadium here seeing fifteen thousand was was certainly you know r- right in the same the same space that we see a lot of these grounds at the time. And uh, you know, not only uh, were they, well, not, not not only did we play there. In 1928, but uh, the, the Italian league sent a, a like a, a top 11 over there to play it, and actually, uh, Kilmarnock uh, played in the stadium at one point too. So we can draw that one right back around. the uh, The 1928 stop ends up being one of the more uh, uneventful stops uh, across the uh, the the 24 made in the Struth. Uh, the the two tours there, 28 and 30. Uh, the, the the stop is actually one of only uh, three three times in which Rangers failed to win on these tours. Of course, in 1930, we, we took all 14 uh, matches on the tour. In 1928, a little bit more struggle. Uh, we would draw Fall River here, uh, nil-nil on June 3rd. Uh, and again, in Detroit on June 10th against a, a this, invariably either described as a Detroit you know all-star team or a michigan 11 i I would assume pretty much all the footballers from michigan at the time would have come from detroit but we draw them 1-1 and then uh the the boston wonder workers who uh quick little note here because i'm never going to do an episode on this uh mainly because it has to deal with boston and i'm just not going to spend my time uh talking about them but um in 1924, and again, this just goes back to how how I mean, how much money was was being pumped into the American Soccer League at this time, and, and really club football in general uh, across the country. I mean, prior to the Depression, it was really growing at a steady rate, commiserate with with baseball, and of course, in nascent uh, National Football League and whatnot. I mean, the, the football over here was was doing quite well, and the Boston Wonderworkers had uh, lured of course, one of our, our famous players from the early part of the century there, uh, Tommy Muirhead over to be a uh, player manager for the club after the uh, 1924 season. Now, Muirhead at this point had already racked up over 150 appearances for Rangers. And uh, he came over, and the owner tried to appease him. He signed a few more Scots to go along with him. Uh, Alex McNabb and Barney Battles, both both players who, who would make uh, well, pretty good careers here. Uh, of course, battles, some of you, uh, you you're going to know from hearts uh, more than over here. McNabb won a, a shit ton of trophies over here um, di- during his time. So, uh, But Muir had only made it 14 uh, games. He made about two and a half months over here and just <laughs> he couldn't settle in Boston. Imagine that. And so he took the opportunity, telegraphed truth and got on a boat and Went back home and asked for his old gig back, and uh, uh, bill was happy to oblige. And of course, he wanted to make about another 130 to 140 appearances for the club uh, before retiring from uh, from playing in, in 1930. But again, Rangers uh, drew with Fall River on on this uh, on this appearance, and there are some bigger names uh, of the era. Playing for Fall River, a lot of these teams famously would loan players around for these matches, and, and certainly try to get in um, some more well Scottish names, or, or at least names you know that, that would look more familiar to the people coming to watch Rangers. Um, we, we talked about a couple uh, in the uh, in the, uh, uh, the Sparta uh, episode. One of them being Willie McLean, who was one of the more famous uh, uh, players of the era, and one who I mean his mythos just grew after that from uh, having well effectively disappeared not long after facing Rangers but this side like many other day again featured some of the, some of the more prominent players and you know if you look down to the last names I mean none of them are gonna shock you you got like McCauley's, McPherson's Doyle's uh, Ballantine's Blair's Kelly's uh, Douglas's you know so it's it's uh it's it's a lot of the you you either you really either had with a lot of these clubs of the era you either had you know your Italian clubs or your Eastern European clubs or you had clubs pretty much built from from Scots and um, many of the ones again that Rangers played generally had the the more Scottish influence or even if they were a club like Sparta again would go out and draft in uh, uh, some of these guys so 1928 again comes and goes Fall River I mean. Give him credit; one of the few teams, uh, Rangers, didn't trounce in, in these two tours. Uh, again, held, held us to a to a nil nil at, at their home ground. There, another quick note here on the 1928 tour, and I'm sure this is this is, this is a club, and, and and I'm sure a player we're going to come back to later. But uh, Struth did also use this opportunity to as as a scouting venture. Again, a lot of these players were either from uh, the, the Scotland or or Northern Ireland or England, and and you know. Some of them were more than willing to take the opportunity to go home. And, of course, one famously on this 28 tour was uh, uh, Bob Whitey McDonald, who uh, was from Northern Ireland. You know, obviously just Ireland at the time he was born. But his family had uh, emigrated to uh, Hamilton, Ontario, uh, which I think a lot of listeners will know is a common stopping point for, for families of that era. And uh, he ended up, he came up through, uh, what well, it was a Hamilton Thistle and uh, uh, Toronto Walster. Uh, a couple of the, the bigger uh, Canadian clubs before uh, moving on down to Bethlehem Steel, who, again, like the Fall River side, were one of, the, one of the bigger clubs, one of the more recognizable clubs and a brand much like Fall River that, that was dragged out uh, as, as, you know, I mean, football again became more prominent over here during the 90s and, and into the 2000s. So and actually, you know what? I think right here, this is a good time for a break because Bethlehem Steel are going to come up in, in the second part of this where, where we look at the, the two Fall River matchups of, of 1930. A lo- little bit more intrigue, a little bit more interesting than, than the one in 1928. So i come right back. We're going to take a look at those two. Way down here, you need a reason. Be a fool, running your state side. Alright guys, welcome back to Rangers from Sea to Shining (laughs) Sea, the Fall River Marksman edition. I could have picked a slightly easier name for for this series, or at least one that's easier for me to say. So, we move along here in 1930. Now, now like 1928, Rangers had won uh, the the first double in the club's history Um, in 1930. Of course, we had won what, what many were calling the, the clean sweep or, or a grand slam of, of titles. We'd, we'd won, uh, of course, the, the league for the 19th time. And then uh, not, not only that, but the Scottish Cup, the Glasgow Cup, and the Glasgow Merchants Charity Cup. And again, for, for a lot more you know, preamble on the 1930 tour, go back and revisit that Chicago Sparta episode. But just to get to the marksman here, now on May 30th, this is the fourth fourth stop on the tour. And we actually played them in uh, New Bedford, Massachusetts. So again, not not in Fall River. You're going to find this being a trend. <laughs> so, uh, we played them at, at what was then Battery Park, I believe. And if somebody wants to come in and tell me that I'm wrong, but but uh, but I think I'm not. That that's what we now know as the Riverside Park in New Bedford. Uh, Rangers come out uh, the three-two winners this time. Uh, so we, we do take care of uh, the marksman. Although, to be fair, Ra- Rangers took the lead at halftime with goals from uh, Brown, Michael, John, Smith. Uh, 3-0 lead in the half in front of 8,000. Uh, and then uh, Fall River fought back in the second half there with goals uh, from Gonzalez, definitely not one of their scouts, and uh, Nielsen uh, to make it a, a 3-2 affair. So, uh, you know, they... I'm not kidding when I say that this team probably played us better over these two tours. And a lot of the men who were there in 1928 uh, are back here for them again. You've got a, the the couple McCauleys, Tech White, Bill McPherson. So you got some of these players who who were there uh, for the Fall Riverside in, in 28 coming back. Fall River itself at this time is planning a a tour of uh, Central Europe. And one of the, the big sending offs was going to be playing us the second time around on this tour, right? And this was actually our final match of, of the 1930 North American Tour, played at the Polo Grounds, the home of uh, the, the New York Baseball and Football Giants. Now, this not only, again, the, the, the last match of the tour for us, but uh, sending off for Fall River, getting ready to go on this uh, this tour. Um, only 12,000 show-ups. A little bit smaller crowd than we got the first time around through the polo grounds on this tour. Uh, although, from what I can see from the uh, contemporary accounts, it was raining quite badly. Rain on the 1930 tour sort of became a, uh, well, just a mainstay. I think we... The, the, the initial shout out to the West Coast through Canada and whatnot seemed to go pretty well. It was pretty much once we turned back and started coming back across the Midwest that uh, well, the goddamn near every match was played in some kind of torrential downpour. I mean, the, the, the Chicago-Sparta match on June 15th of 1930 was played in, by some accounts was like hurricane conditions. Uh, a few days later in Detroit, still pissing down rain. Cleveland, a couple days after that, we get some more storms coming through. And so, you know, here we are at the last match again. A little bit smaller crowd, but still 12,000 in attendance. And really the only time that, uh, well, Fall River's dealt with across all these two tours. Although, again, for the first half, played us very well. It's, it's only a, the 1 0 lead. Now, that, that, that lead grows uh, greatly here in the second half. Uh, it's, it's the two Jimmy Smith and Fleming that that rack up the goals for us, on that day. Jimmy Smith with four, Fleming with two. It's Rangers roll out six-one winners, uh, and, and you see this a lot in the in the score lines, especially the nineteen thirty tour. But you know, while we'd obviously played a more extensive uh, league campaign than we we'd ever played up to that point, uh, we still were a, a much better side. That many of these, and we were at end of season form, while a lot of these clubs were really just getting their their seasons underway. Um, but again, they, they were also playing, by all accounts, of course, one of the best sides in Europe. So Fall River, though their goal scorer on this day is a man by the name of uh, Archie Stark. Archie Stark, who uh, now, now I told you all to remember uh, Bethlehem Steel a little bit earlier, right? So Bethlehem Steel again a, a great great club in this time again with the ASL uh and the money flowing in and everything else Bethlehem Steel's winning trophy after trophy and, and and Archie Stark is scoring goal after goal after goal I mean this guy was a damn machine and for the longest time it, the FIFA actually credited him this uh in his first season he scored 67 in 44 league matches, and, and gave him credit as the top individual season goal scorer of of all time. That this young man, uh, Ken from Glasgow, won't shock you, uh, who moves over here when he's about 12 or 13 years old, and uh, his family settles in into into New Jersey, where where you know Archie soon starts drawing that's is one of the better footballers in in the area. So again, Bethlehem Steel come calling here. This is 1924. This is really the heyday of the club. Uh, football is recovering after World War One, which uh, uh, Stark had actually served in. He'd served in France briefly uh, toward the end there, uh, and he tears up fucking American soccer for the next what five six years there. In 221 appearances overall. Stark scored 240 goals for Bethlehem Steel, right? And uh, he also grabs his, his only two caps for the men's national team, uh, both against Canada. And he ends up, you know, there is still some debate on this, but it seems to be the consensus now that uh, in his second appearance, um, it's a it's a 6-1 win over Canada in 1925. He scores five of the six goals in that match. Um, he ends up declining an invite to join the U.S. squad for, for the uh, for the 1930 World Cup because what happens is Bethlehem Steel go broke in 1930. Like, just gen up, busted, right? Straight out of fucking business. And the ASL uh, itself is kind of on its last legs. Uh, there, there's some more leagues that are cropping up here. Bethlehem Steel actually joined the ESL, uh, the competitive league, Um so I mean it was it, there's a lot going on here and and you might notice a little bit of a you know connection with the timeline here that of course this is the beginning of the Great Depression as well so there's a lot of uh, financial strain suddenly being you know employed on, on, on football no I mean not only football but obviously all the other sports Uh, throughout the USA, too. I mean, nearly every professional sport in this country almost folded at some point during the Depression, with the exception, of course, of Major League Baseball, who had Babe Ruth. Now, Archie Stark, seeing the writing on the wall and deciding, I kind of need to get a paycheck while I still can, decides to join the uh, Fall River Marksmen on their tour of Europe. As I was saying, the, 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 the last match of our tour there at the Polo Grounds in, in New York, was kind of their big send-off as they went on this this grand, extravagant tour of uh, Central Europe. And and this really, sadly, is the end of the golden era of, uh, of the Fall River Marksmen um, because, well, they, they get over there and, uh, you know, they start on this tour. So it's mostly uh, six games Throughout uh, Czechoslovakia, Austria, and Hungary, and again, you know, so, some some of these names uh, that, that we'd seen throughout the sides, uh, whether it's McPherson or Alex McNabb, you know, that they they go on this tour. Now Billy Gonzalez and uh, a couple of their other bigger players go to the World Cup, which is why they bring in Archie Stark, um, who again, I mean, you're talking about the preeminent goal scorer in American football at this time. And so they travel over there. Uh, they open their tour. This is uh, the second or third week of August uh, with, a, with a 2-2 tie against Slavia Prague. Again, it had come over in, uh, in 26 and on their tour had, had played uh, the marksmen, who, who actually topped them on that day, uh, 3-2. Uh, so they play a 2-2 tie there on August 20th. The, the, the last one that they lose uh, on August 31st, they're playing uh, uh, Frank Varos there in uh, Budapest. And uh, the, the Fall River management, they decided to end the tour early because they're not getting the amount of money off the gates that they thought they would. You know, like Apparently, the Central European teams weren't quite as generous as the American teams had been in terms of uh, financing the people coming to play them. Problem here... Is that uh, not only is this uh, well, you know, not only is this bad for business overall, but it's bad for the squad because the club's pretty much goddamn out of money. Again, the, the depression already. This is 1930. It's it's really starting to to dive in. So uh, you know, these textile companies that were funding the the work of the Fall River Marksman Club are not uh, not really gaining it anymore, and the players themselves all had to go secure third-class third, third class passage back to the United States, many of them not getting back until October, uh, middle of October. So, you know, almost eight weeks later. So, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was pretty much it for the Fall River Marksmen, sadly. Um, they, uh, they started the, the fall 1930 season late, they they do win their, their seventh league title, even though they missed a few games, and uh, they they come back in the, the 1931 season. Uh, well, they they merge with with a club from uh, New York called and, and renamed the New York Yankees. What a what a clever name that is, um, and and they do uh, they they play one final season the ASL again. The ASL itself is about to uh, is about to fold and. Um, well, the massive financial troubles. Anyway, um, the, the they finally they, they don't win the uh, they don't win the title in thirty one after this merger. Um, a lot of their players start shipping off, and um, while they do still win the, uh, the they win the national challenge cup, uh, what we now call the uh, the U.S. Open Cup in nineteen thirty one, and they win it still as the Marksmen, not not as the Yankees. Uh, that was it 1931 just a little bit over a year after facing us as part of these two spurs tours the fall river marksmen uh, well they were gone one of the great football clubs uh, of the era just wrapped up and disappeared there's a good there's a good end to this story though i will give him credit again as i mentioned at the beginning all this came up because the current fall river marksman fc uh had highlighted something that uh, that posted on twitter about this this whole ordeal uh they they actually celebrated now granted this is a little bit of fuzzy fuzzy math on their part but god bless them it, it is the 100th birthday or <laughs> this year of the fall river marksman uh Founded on uh, July 22nd, 1922 there. And and that's where, again, all this came out of, was them celebrating their birthday and me talking about this kind of random crap on Twitter, as uh, many of you know I'm prone to do. But in 2019, a group of uh, fans and then some people with some money got back together and and reconstituted the, uh, the, the Fall River Football Club, again, now known as Fall River Marksman FC. Uh... I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful story, to be honest. You know, um, they've come back. They've uh, well started playing football, and uh, so God bless them. Go do it. Uh, But, yeah, that's it. There you go. That's the story of uh, Archie Stark, a boy from Glasgow, who put one in against Rangers and then got stranded in Budapest. (laughs) And that's the story of uh, the Fall River Marksmen. And uh, they're, they're, they're... their trials against Rangers, which, uh, unlike Chicago Sparta, who still play today, I mean, effectively, th- their story ends about when we get on the boat to leave North America in 1930. That's uh, That was pretty much the end of it for them. So, uh, Like I said, I'm going to keep trying to do more of these series. Um, now that I have an idea of how I want to do them, I don't need to overproduce them like I did with that first one. If you like this kind of history shit, you're going to listen to it. Uh, If you do like this kind of stuff, please scroll down in the show notes. There's a buy me a coffee link. You can help me out. It helps out, you know, anybody who listens to the regular show knows almost every single thing I use has broken over the past couple couple months that, uh, you know, go into making not not only the Crow Pod, but the Watergate series, the Desert Island series, or just anything in which I talk into a microphone. So... But that's it. Uh, that's it for this episode of Rangers from Sea to Shining Sea. If there is a club or a matchup or anything that you would like to go back, or you would like me to go back and take a look at, uh, please reach out. You guys know how to find me on Twitter. If not, it's at avoid. You can always email me, shane at org. You can find me in a lot of damn different places so uh if there is something i I, I don't know even if there's a ground that we've played at that interests you from from years past let me know uh like i said i have some of these uh shows mostly in the can uh so i'm gonna go back and rework some of them tweak them and try to get them out here uh you know one every other couple weeks or so but uh Hopefully, uh, like I said, you enjoyed this look at the Fall River Marksman and Rangers' uh, three stops against them in the, in the uh, Bill Struth era. And again, like if you do like it, please hit up the Buy Me a Coffee link. There's always charities down there in the show notes that we support too. And we will be back, I'm sure, with a regular crow pod at some point soon or a Desert Island or a Watergate show or God knows what else that you'll want to listen to. So thanks very much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Some people call me the Space Cowboy.